Jessica McPherson joins us today. She is the founder and CEO of St Kilda Mums, where their vision is a future where we waste less, share more and care for every child. They rehome pre-loved nursery goods and support a lot of families in need in Victoria. Welcome, Jessica. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Good, thank you. <laughs> Loving the chiming of the bells in the background. Is it a grandfather clock? <laughs> it's not a grandfather clock, but my husband has quite a large collection of different chiming clocks. Oh. Um, and it's a full-time job just keeping them wound and going and, <laughs> and, and chiming. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm very interested. Yeah. I love watches, so that's really one step up. It's good. So, so a real collector's item. Yes, very much so. And it's quite old-fashioned as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, I want to welcome you today and just acknowledge the tremendous work that you have done for so many years. And St Kilda Mums is a wonderful organisation charity that you're running. So how did St Kilda Mums start? Oh, it was, uh, it's nearly 12 years ago now that my youngest was born. And you'll remember, of course, it was around the time of Black Saturday, which was a really, a really emotional time. In fact, I was on day three in the hospital with my milk coming in when I woke up and turned on the news and discovered that hundreds of Victorians had died in the bushfires. Yes. And it was a pretty intense time. And obviously we were talking way back then, we were talking about the links between climate change and and the bushfires. He was my second child, so he he grew quickly and I was visiting my maternal child health nurse for quite frequent weigh-ins. And I had seen some other mums down at the maternal child health centre who it was very obvious to me they were struggling to provide for their kids. So I just started sort of offering my uh, maternal child health nurse some of the things that my son had outgrown. And some of the, you know, things like nappies and some of his little baby clothing and some things that I had bought for my daughter that I knew I was just not going to use for him. And she said, why don't you just pop that stuff in the photocopying room? And when I got into the room, I discovered it was overflowing with bags and bags of donations from other parents like me had had the same idea. I mean, the nurses were great. They were grateful to receive these items, but they had no time to sort and safety check and organize and the photocopying room was just a real mess and I volunteered to get a working bee together and sort it out for them so we spent today I sort of roped in a few friends um, from my mother's group and we spent a day with our newborn babies and our toddlers you know juggling breastfeeds <laughs> nappy changes feeding toddlers midday naps and, and we just we just didn't leave we just really wanted to get the job done um and at the end of the day it was no longer sort of this room full of plastic bags full of who knows what but we'd sorted everything by size and bundled everything up and labeled everything clearly and stacked things neatly back on the shelf so that the nurses could find what they were looking for when they needed it and they were just so appreciative hmm. and that's when we were hooked like we knew that even though we had a lot of other things that we were busy doing, we had time and capacity, but more importantly, we had the, the skills and the knowledge of what was useful and what wasn't useful. So we felt like we were really making a difference and, and we still feel that way today. That's amazing. My son was born on Black Saturday. So as a mum, 
that can no totally, way. yeah, can totally relate to your story about being in hospital and and all that stuff going on. And I think that what you're doing is is amazing because I remember thinking back to when my son was born and how I was very vulnerable and not coping very well, and I had all the material possessions that I needed. So in a time when parents are very vulnerable and and learning so many new things, it's so important to be supported. And that's so what you are doing with all the things that you are doing, which is amazing. Yeah. And we were really, we were really interested in that kind of the commonality that we had, you know, like in the early days, a few people were critical of of the name that we chose for ourselves, which, you know, we didn't put much thought into calling ourselves St Kilda Mums. And I remember speaking to someone who said, you know, your your name's not very good doesn't really describe what you do kind of doesn't make any sense and I said well hang on a minute we're all mums that live in St Kilda and we want to help other mums that live in St Kilda and the only thing we have in common with each other is we're all mums and we all live in St Kilda so (laughs) perfect that's kind of that's kind of where the name comes from and then the person I was speaking to who was actually working for local council in the in the uh, sort of community development area she said oh yeah okay fair enough yeah (laughs) and of course you know, the name is the name is the name. And I really often have people say to me, you know, your name is really misleading because you help families right across Victoria now. And because some of your volunteers are men or dads or not mums, or, you know, you really need to change your name to reflect the organisation you've become. And I'm, And I just say, well, look, I'll happily do that. But you come up with a better name and you make sure you can register the domain name and then we'll start our conversation at that point. And yep. nobody's ever been able to come up with another name that's available. So we've just stuck with what we've got. I really like it because when I spoke to, I've spoken to a few people saying I was going to speak to you this week and they're all a bit in awe, like we are speaking to her. Wow. And then I was got a bit nervous. <laughs> oh my God, what, what am I going to say? But they're all, they all have heard of and know of St Kilda Mums and all of them had donated something to St Kilda Mums. Oh, wow. So, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that, that's great. I, I, I appreciate that very much. But I was just going to say my background is in sales and marketing. Right. And a name is a name is a name, right? And the biggest provider of childcare services and child protection services in Victoria is an organisation called Berry Street. Yes. Right? So does Berry Street tell you anything no. about the fact that they're involved in foster care? Yeah. Right? So you develop a name that people become aware of over time because people don't have a lot of room in their heads to remember a lot of stuff right so and for the people who sort of talk about the gender specificity mums you know the word is very kind of mumsy yes it is (laughs) um I just say well you know we've got all these other businesses around like Mr Minute man with a van and there, there are names around that you know man with a van doesn't mean you have to be a man to hire a man with a van yes you know it's just yeah we can't be limited by names no, no, not at That's all. That's what I'm trying to say. No, not at all. <laughs> so I know that you would have had some touching moments of really sharing the vulnerability of others, gaining these things from you, just getting support from you. So how have you been yes. impacted by other people that you've been giving to? Well, look, I think the thing is we've always been really inspired by the resilience of the families that we support and the the really broad spectrum of, I guess, need in the community because there's no kind of typical family that we help and there's no kind of standard kind of playbook for how people end up being in a situation where they're 
assigned a social worker and because that's a key thing about what we do is we don't help the public directly we we provide material aid to social workers who are supporting families and social workers or social workers maternal child health nurses midwives you know any kind of health professional that has got the time and capacity to be supporting a family and when none of us at St Kilda Mums are trained social workers ourselves um, so we, we're we not the ones who are providing the family violence counselling or the budgeting advice or connecting people with transitional housing. Like we're not, we're not the experts. There are a whole lot of experts out there who do incredible work in supporting families in a very practical way. But what we want to do is be a one-stop shop for them. So... You know, they get a family added to their caseload and the family's just been placed into a new home and they've got nothing for their newborn baby, well, then they can come and we can be like a one-stop shop that they can get everything they need. So we do hear the stories secondhand. We don't hear the stories firsthand. Yep. And in fact, when the orders are placed with us, we collect a little bit of information about the families, enough to sort of measure impact and, and to have data that we can aggregate to talk about the bigger picture. But we don't get a lot of the real detail about what's going on until we do, right? Until the social worker calls us because there's there's a special reason why they need us something particular. And it's in those moments and it's in those conversations that you get a real insight into the compounding disadvantage that some families are living with. The family violence means that people often have to leave their community, their entire network of family and friends behind in order to seek safety for themselves and their children. So they've got no one they can trust to look after their kids if they have to go and do something for themselves. And they've got they've got nobody who who can help them with hand-me-downs, right? And that's I guess that's where we step in. We're like the sister-in-law who's always generous with the hand-me-downs and that's, that's the, the place that we like to fill. And then, of course, sometimes the families will write us a thank you letter or contact us years down the track and say, you helped me five years ago when I left my husband and I had nothing. And the support that you gave me then was just so tremendous. And now I'm here to give back. And that's really very special. That's profound, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a temporary state, right? Experiencing hardship is often, a, it's, it's often something that comes as a shock and a surprise. And it's often something that can be overcome with the right support and the right intervention. And unfortunately, things like global pandemic, oh, <laughs> right, where everything's thrown up in the air, where you're losing your job, there's a whole lot of challenges happening at the moment. In fact, there's been a, a paper published by Social Ventures Australia that's estimating that the increase in, in children requiring child protective services this year could be as much as 20%. Yes. And that's as a direct result of family breakdown and that's as a direct result of stress and hardship. But the amazing thing is, is that there's a lot of incredible uh, social workers um, and really amazing programs to support families and provide the right intervention at the right time uh, so that problems the families are facing can be can be worked through and overcome and the family can come out the other end and and you know be in a position to give back and donate goods back to us. We've even had some of the mums that we've helped come and volunteer, which is just incredible. I love the analogy you gave about being the sister-in-law 
that's something that's really touched me. You take it for granted if you've got it. And if you don't yes. have it, then there is no support. I just want to yeah. acknowledge that that's an amazing role that you're playing. So you've got over 2,000 volunteers, is that correct? That's right. That's right. That's that's regular signed up volunteers across the three cities. We operate in Geelong and Ballarat and Melbourne. Um, but then we also have other types of volunteers. We've got people that come in with their workplace and we've got people that come in with a, like a community group or a school group or all sorts of different organisations will come in and support us. And obviously our volunteering program has been on hold for the last six months. Yes. COVID has meant that people haven't been going to work at all, let alone doing workplace volunteering. But we're, we're kind of hopeful that is, as we emerge uh, from restrictions and lockdowns, that we might actually be able to be an attractive place for for teamwork volunteering. Because a, a lot of people who work for big corporates are probably not going to be invited back to the office if there's public transport and lifts and an office in the CBD. But in terms of the team building activity, if people can safely drive their cars and park on the street at Clayton and come into our warehouse, which is light and bright and breezy and airy, and everyone can safely work wearing masks and with the right sanitization and social distancing, we're hoping we can offer that to to those workplaces as a, as a great kind of way to bring their people together to do something meaningful after, you know, what we could end up doing zoom meetings with our colleagues for months and months and months still yet to come yep you know so we, we're we're hopeful that we might be able to, to attract those small groups of workplace volunteers back in because they're such a valuable resource for our operation because you know even a team of say five people coming in from a bank or an insurance company for the day they're there for the whole day they bring their own lunch in and a group of five supervised by one of our team, they could punch through 30 car seats. You know, they could scrub down and, and check into stock 12 prams or clean and, and stack on the shelf. They could do 30 baby baths or, you know, 15 baby carriers. It's just incredible what a team can do. And, and often the teams will, together, they'll be able to get through a big job that would be very boring for a single volunteer or a couple of volunteers to do by themselves so we're very grateful for the teams that come in so if you've got anyone listening today who is in a position to organize team building activities in their workplace please do think about coming in and spending the day with us because often the the very thing that you're cleaning or safety checking or packing will be distributed to a family that very week so it's a really impactful experience as a volunteer to know that you're making an immediate difference in someone's life. Massive difference. So go to www.stkildamums.org. I'm sure there's a contact link there to get involved if you want to. And also there are charities. So if you feel like donating, please go there too. I wanted to ask you too, I was browsing your website and I saw you yes. had respect, community and integrity. And what really caught me was respect for each other, ourselves and the earth. So yeah. important. So <laughs> t- tell me, how did that originate? Because it wasn't just respect for others, which is something we seem to really focus in on, I guess. As a mum, I try and really get my kids to think about that. But it was including ourselves and the earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think those values we workshopped and developed over over the years in fact we've just gone through an exercise of revisiting our mission vision and values again 
But I, it's starting with the sustainability, right? Like we, we, we're about recycling secondhand nursery goods. And a lot of people will tell us things like it's not safe to, you know, it's not safe to reuse this. It's not safe to do that. You know, every, every baby should have a brand new cot mattress. You know, there's a lot of myths out there. Mm. And a lot of these, a lot of the myths are driven by manufacturers and distributors and retailers of nursery goods who just want us to spend more money all the time, right? And who, a lot of them, it sort of build obsolescence into their products so that they can sell you more things. Yeah. But we recognize that some, some items were really, really well made and built to last forever. I mean, the Amalanga pran up until really recently was handmade in solid steel in Sweden, you know, so there was no point in chucking out a secondhand Amalanga. And there's a hilarious story about me trying to offload one at the at the tip that was just really, really ancient, right? And really daggy looking. And a doctor got out of out of his car next to me at the tip and said, you shouldn't be chucking that out. They're perfect. They're incredible for premier babies because you can fit the oxygen tank in the, in the parcel tra- carriage underneath. It's the only pram that will accommodate an oxygen tank for a preemie baby. So I put the Ermalunga back in the boot of my car. <laughs> and, you know, and nowadays, nowadays we still get, we still have people bringing us their 30, 40-year-old Ermalunga. And I'm really conflicted because I know about the oxygen tank and the parcel tray. So I, I want to save everyone I can. But some of my colleagues would say to me, look, Jess, this, um, this brown and yellow check fabric on this Ermalunga. This is not going to spark joy, Jess. You know, we might just have to, like, we've got one on the floor. I'm not sure that we need this one as well. So, yeah, we're always we're always trying to recycle. And that goes back to the respect, right? Yeah. Like, why would we give a huckery old, nasty, daggy pram to a mum who has nothing? We don't want to do that. We want to be giving her something beautiful. And I guess it comes down to choice. When a social worker comes to pick up from us, we give them the choice. Oh. We say, what kind of pram do you want? Big, small, you know, large pneumatic tires for pushing around in the countryside or tiny little stroller tires so that it so that the pram's lightweight and you can lug it onto a bus. You know, what does your does your mum have a colour preference? Is it important that it it's light and easy to fold up so it goes in the boot of the car? Or is it much more important that you know, it's built like a tank so that she can transport quadruple, you know, yeah. four kids in it. Like we do, we actually do have quad prams that wow. we regularly source for families where there might be, you know, newborn twins, but there's also a one and a two-year-old in the family. I mean, that does happen. So, yes, yeah, so respect is about dignity and choice and understanding that the families that we are supporting, you know, they really deserve the best. And we're trying to communicate that to our supporters people will sometimes get cranky when we point out that we would like the clothes to be freshly laundered before they donated <laughs> and people will say well hang on a second everything was freshly laundered when I put these but my children's baby clothes in the attic in the 1980s <laughs> <laughs> and we say well come on do you think we could <laughs> you know Spruce it's, them uh, up. It's, it's important well we want the mum, the other end she might be living in a refuge she might mm. not have washing facilities we want her to be able to open up the bundle of clothing and put them on her kids straight away and clothes that have been in the attic since the 1980s the plastic's going to have perished in the waistband of all the trousers any 
vomit or milk stains around the neck of the onesies are going to be well and truly out. So, yeah, it's important things are freshly laundered and that comes back to the respect piece. And I think that's so valuable mm. just hearing you speak. It's really seen as an individual person these things are going to. And that must come from you down into the organisation though. So that's something that is really, really valuable that you're giving, that every person is an individual and every person needs to have the opportunity of choice, which is fantastic yeah. for such a massive yeah. charity that you've become. Amazing. So that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, but our volunteers really get it. You know, our volunteers yep. really, you know, we all share this very uh, strong belief that what we are doing is more than just giving away secondhand clothing. It's about meeting meeting the family's needs in the time and place that they are because as you spoke about before being at home with a newborn baby can be really it can be a stressful time and if you're doing that alone or if you're doing that on a really really tight budget then the stress is compounded and and it's it's important that we that we reduce stress that we make people give people the tools they need to be the best parents that they can be it would be terrible to think that somebody, somebody for want of a pram, wasn't able to enjoy the fresh air with a newborn baby, couldn't leave their house. I mean, how many people listening to this today have got more than one pram? You know, most people mm. have got the old banger and then they've got the lightweight one that goes in the car. Then they've got the, you know, a lot of people have, oh, we have a lot in <laughs> Australia. A lot of us have a lot. And I say this to people as well, that even though very sadly, one in six, Australian children grow up in poverty and it's actually one in five in, in the country. Five and six and, and four and five don't. And so what we're here to do is to take the very best quality goods from the five and six families in the city and redistribute them to the one in six that need them. But there's a lot more out there and we, we're just the conduit taking the excess inventory and making sure that it's shared with people who who don't have the dignity of choice because they, they can't afford to buy what they want when they need it. So there's plenty for us and then there's also plenty to go back into the op shop system, which means anybody who shares our values of sustainability and recycling can find what they need in the op shop or on a buy, swap and sell site or a Facebook marketplace. Or There's a lot of places that you can buy secondhand baby goods. But of course, there's an element of risk involved, particularly with nursery products that have safety standards. So what we do is we we have very rigorous safety checks. That means that the social workers can be confident that the items that we're rehoming are safe and more importantly, haven't been recalled and have, been, and have all the correct parts. You know, so something like a cot, it's really important you've got the correct assembly instruction and all the correct bolts and that none of the bolts yeah. are warped and, and none of the none of the threads have worn. There's a lot to do in the safety checking side of things. So if people are doing that, they're not particularly knowledgeable, you know, and, and I go back to the, the scenario of your sister-in-law. If your sister-in-law gives you her hand-me-down cot, how do you know that it's not been recalled? How do you know you've got all the correct bolts? 
if you don't have the assembly instructions? How do you know what the correct assembly instructions are if you go onto the manufacturer's website? How do you even know how to identify what the make and the model of the cot is in the first place? And we spend a lot of time with people who are looking to donate goods to us. There's a lot of kind of back and forward with us checking that the stuff they have is actually safe because there have been a lot of recalls, sadly, particularly with cots and even very recently. So it's very much buyer beware, but it's be a lot more aware when you're accepting secondhand goods. Yep. And if anyone listening has got any questions about that or any concerns, they're always welcome to drop us a line. Our email address is on our website. Drop us a line and say, oh, I'm a bit worried about my cot because I do have a cot my sister-in-law gave me. And what if I was missing a bolt and didn't realise? Well, then we can always help you with that too. Thank you. You're so mm. passionate about this. It is amazing. I swear we could probably take talking for another hour. I just wondered, did you have a quote that you'd like to share with us? Well, I shared one the other day on my LinkedIn profile, which is no time spent learning or volunteering is ever wasted. Lovely. And I happened to be talking about what I've done with the extra time thanks to COVID, right? So we're not going out as much. We're restricted in our movement. We're spending more time at home. And how do you spend the extra hours in the day? And I was just talking about how much I'm enjoying kind of having the time to sign up for a webinar, which I incidentally never do at the <laughs> scheduled time. But, you know, the way that webinars work these days is you always get the slide deck and the recording of the webinar kind of hits your inbox the next day. And so it's sort of, I stack them up and, you know, find myself a quiet moment to sit down and just, just listen to somebody else talking or just watch it, somebody else doing a presentation. And I just feel really grateful for the extra time to be learning new things because the world is rapidly changing and our understanding, you know, there are opportunities with that, but there are also dangers or risks with that as well. But having having the time to learn is is really valuable. And of course, volunteering is valuable. And I do, I do a lot of volunteering these days, not necessarily for St Kilda Mums, which now is my employer, but for other small charities that do similar things to us. And as a sort of a direct result of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and reflecting upon sort of the legacy that we have here in Australia, I've been deliberately trying to volunteer for, for charities that have a focus on Indigenous Australians or, or are indeed charities that have been founded by Indigenous Australians. And, and I've been really focused on volunteering for them to kind of try and even the, even the balance or even the score sheet and and. I've, that's just been so rewarding. So that would be my quote, would be, <laughs> if you've got some spare time, invest it in volunteering and learning, which is self-improvement, and, and you just you won't regret it. Thank you so much, Jessica. Would you be happy to come back and talk to us about the Indigenous movement that you're supporting? Because I, I actually had Don Rollins, who's an Aboriginal elder in the Simpson Desert, on last week. And it was amazing to talk to him. But I feel that I would like to get involved more with communicating this to Australia. So if you'd be willing to come back and have yeah, a chat. Sure. Beautiful. Sure, I'd love to. Thank you love so to. much for your time today. There's lots of opportunities to get involved with St Kilda Mums. So if you want to go to their website, stkildamums.org, please do so. Jessica, it has been awesome. You are so passionate, so knowledgeable. No wonder you've done such successful and amazing things with this organisation. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You're on <laughs> Good Health Radio with Kylie Roger and we will be back after this break. 